that God won't light up or mountain he won't climb up when he's coming after us. No wall he won't kick down, no lie he won't tear down coming after me. I've told you many times that um, I can understand full well why I would want to know the Lord. The star-breathing, sea-splitting God of the Bible, I, would, I can understand why I would want to know Him. What blows my mind is why He would want to know me, why He would want to be a part of, of, of my life. And what's going on with me is just uh, it's mind-blowing. And I'm so very thankful for the reckless love of God. And just like the song says, we can't earn it. Uh, we don't deserve it. None of us do. I, I didn't deserve saving our salvation when the Lord saved me. I promise you that. Let me let you in on something. I don't deserve salvation now. I still don't deserve it. None of us do. None of us deserve the shed blood of Jesus. But because God loved us, he showed us mercy and grace. And he's giving us um, the gift of salvation through Christ to all, to all who will receive it. And so, so very thankful for that this morning. Great job, as always. Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Proverbs chapter number 3 is what we're going to be looking at today. Today, in just a little while, we're going to be celebrating two of our young people who have just graduated high school. And um, I'm thankful for Josie and for JT and for all of our young people that the Lord has blessed us with. Um, and I don't know about you, but I believe with everything in me that the Lord has a wonderful plan for their life. If you believe that, say amen. And I'm trusting in that. I'm praying for that. See, young people, I want you to know something. I'm praying for you every day. That God makes himself real and known to you uh, like only he can do. That he draws you unto himself and that you look to Jesus and follow him uh, throughout your life. If you seek, you will find. If you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, the door will be opened unto you. And I'm asking and, and praying and pleading with you, keep asking, keep, seek, keep seeking, keep knocking. Keep following the Lord. Keep trusting in Him. And I cannot wait to see what God is going to do with you. I'm so, that, that excites me as a pastor when I see God working in the hearts and lives of our young people. Now, not only do I believe that God has a wonderful plan for them, that's true. And we're going to talk a lot about that this morning, but uh, they're not the only ones. How many of you know God still has a wonderful plan for me? And God still has a wonderful plan for you, regardless of whether or not we graduated a few weeks ago, or sometimes it feels like I graduated 100 years ago. Regardless of when that took place, God still has a wonderful plan for you. As a matter of fact, everybody in here, I want you to do this for me. Now, if you can still do that, God still has purpose for you. See, sometimes we think that um, the messages like I'm going to be sharing with you this morning um, is only for young people. No, it's for all of us. If you still got breath in your lungs, God still has purpose for you. God still has a wonderful plan for you. Regardless of what's happened in the past, God still has a wonderful plan for you. Regardless of the good things you've done or the bad things you've done, God has a wonderful plan for you. God has a wonderful plan for us all. I believe that God's will, His plan, is the best way. Uh, matter of fact, I want God's best for me. How about you? I mean, I, as, a, as a husband and father, the spiritual leader of my household, I want God's best for my family. As a pastor, I want God's best for my ministry. I want God's best for our church. I want God's, bless and God's best for me in every sphere of life that, that we can mention this morning. I want God's best. You ought to want God's best. And you don't have to apologize for that. 
You should want what God has for you. But we must realize God's best comes to us when we are in God's will. God's will is the best way. Now what I sometimes struggle with, and maybe I'm not the only one um, this morning, sometimes I fear because I get out of the will of God, I miss God's best. Anybody else? I don't want to get out of the will of God and miss what God has for me, what God has for my family, what God has for my ministry, what God has for my life. And I don't want that to happen to you either, but I've got some fantastic news for you this morning. Do you know God wants what's best for you too? God wants His best for you. He is a loving Heavenly Father. Now, if there's one thing that, that's true for me as a dad, as a father, I want what's best for my kids. Amen? In everything they do, I want the best for them. I, I, listen, I pray for that daily. I pray for that continually, that God does His best in, in the lives of my children. Now, I am imperfect. I, I can't love to the degree that God loves. God is perfect and holy and righteous. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And God loves with an unconditional, everlasting love. So if I, who am sinful, want the best for my children, how much more does God, who is perfect and holy and righteous and loves with an unconditional, everlasting love, how much more does He want His best for all of us? Well, certainly He does. And let me give you something else. He also tells us how we can have his best, how we can know his will, how we can be in the center of his will and expect his best. All that's found right here in Proverbs chapter number three, starting in verse number five. Let's read it together. I love these verses. Some of my favorite. It says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I love that. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. If it shall be held to thy navel, navel and marrow to thy bones. Verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new, mind, new wine. So what the Bible is telling us, when we trust in the Lord, He will direct our paths, and He will give us exactly what is His best for us. Isn't that amazing? Now that's not the only place in the Word of God where the Bible promises that, and that's what this is. How do you understand this evening, or this morning? This is a promise to you as a believer. We can and should claim this as to what God has promised to His children. It's not only right here in Proverbs chapter 3, it's also in Psalm, or Isaiah 58 and 11. The Bible says, The Lord shall guide thee continually when speaking to His people. Brother, if you will please put for me Psalm 32 and verse number 8 on the screen. Look at this one. I love how the Bible says it here. Psalm 32, verse number 8. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. I love that. Let me tell you why that's so important. What this is saying is that God the Father is seated in heaven. And listen, he guides us according to his sight. 
Now, why is that so good? Because his sight is much better than mine. He sits from a much better vantage point. He's sitting on high, looking down on everything else. And he sees everything that's going on in my life. And he sees everything that's going on in the lives around me. Now, not only does God see everything in my life and everything in everybody else's life, the Bible says that he is omniscient, but, but he's not hindered by time either. He also sees what's going to happen in the future. So God's sitting in heaven, knowing what's going on in every life upon the face of the earth, past, present, and future, has a plan for me so that I might receive his best. And the Bible promises he'll guide you according to his eye. Isn't that good? I don't know about you, but that makes me want to shout. When I think about how much God loves me, he who loves me most knows best what needs to happen in my life and has the power to orchestrate all things to cause it to come to pass. But all of this is contingent upon what the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. There's a proposition made here. God is proposing if you do this, then I'll do that. If you trust in me and acknowledge me in all your ways, then I'll do this. This is a conditional statement. We can't have God's best until we do his will. That's what the Bible is saying. So let's look at how we do it, how we find it, how we stay in the center of the will of God. Three words that I want to give you this morning very quickly. First of all, I want to talk to you about dependence. Dependence. First of all, the Bible is telling us in Proverbs chapter 3 in verse number 5 that we must be fully dependent upon the Lord. Now what does it mean that we are fully dependent upon the Lord? Two things. First of all, we've got to have complete confidence in Him. The Bible says trust in the Lord. That's the very first word of Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust, trust, trust. To trust somebody, you've got to have confidence in them. Would you agree? And the good news is, listen, God is not asking you to trust in a proposition. God is not asking you to trust in a plan. God is asking you to trust in a person. And that person is God himself. He said, you got to trust me. That makes all the difference. Because he is continually forever faithful. Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not like a man that he should lie, but what God says, he will do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm trust in God. Amen. That's what the Bible is teaching us. So why is it so hard sometimes for us to do that? Because if, if we're all honest, from time to time it is hard to trust in the Lord and not trust in ourselves, not trust in what we want, but in what he wants. Why, why is it difficult for us to do this? Well, how many of you would agree with this statement? To really trust somebody, you've got to really know them. Let, let's just say that I, I was walking down the street and, and this guy walks up to me on the sidewalk and he, he says, uh, I, I got something I need you to do for me. Will you do it? Now, my, probably my first question is going to be, what is it? Right? What if he said, well, just trust me. Just trust me. Go ahead and commit to doing what I want you to do and just trust me in this. It is going to be really hard for me to trust a complete stranger on the street corner and him not telling me what he wants me to do for him, right? 
I mean, for all I know, he may be wanting me to help him rob a bank or uh, do whatever. I don't know. But it's going to be hard for me to trust somebody that I don't know. However, let's just say that my wife came to me and she said, Honey, I need you to do something for me. I'd probably still say, What is it? And she said, Well, uh, just trust me. You know what I'm going to say? Yes. Absolutely. I trust you fully. I have complete confidence because I know you that what you're going to want me to do or what I'm going to partner with you in, listen, is going to be for my good and not for my, for my bad, for what's bad for me or for us. So I've got complete confidence and trust. I say yes. As a matter of fact, there's been times in my marriage that happened just last week. Uh, when Brandy be cooking something at the stove, when I'll be walking through the kitchen, she'll say, honey, close your eyes and open your mouth. And I, guess what? I ought to close my eyes and open my mouth. And she always puts something great in there when I choose to do that, standing in the kitchen while she's cooking. Now, if I'm walking up to a complete stranger on the street and they say, close your eyes and open your mouth, I'm probably not going to do that. Why? To know my wife is to love her. And to love her is to trust her. Now what's the Bible saying here in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5? To know God is to love God. And to love God is to trust God. And to trust God is to obey God. You've got to be fully dependent on the Lord because you know him. You say, Brother, what are you talking about? How do we know him? Well, we first of all know him when we're introduced to him at conversion. When we trust fully in the finished work of Jesus and we are born again in the family of God, that's the first step, but that's not where it ends. That's only the beginning. And then we begin the process of knowing Him better. How, let me tell you how you're going to know who God is. You know the God of the Bible by getting in the Bible. You know the God of the Bible by coming to Sunday school. You know the God of the Bible by being in worship services like this. You know the God of the Bible by coming to small group sessions. You know the God of the Bible by daily quiet times, just you and the Lord. You begin to learn who He is when you get a hold of His truth. To know Him is to love Him, and to love Him is to trust Him, and to trust Him is obey Him. So we've got to get to know Him. Amen? Sometimes we struggle in trusting in the Lord because... We really don't know how good he is. Maybe we've been introduced to the Lord. Maybe we have been converted, but it never went any further than that. We need to be growing in our faith, knowing who God is, what he's done, what he's still doing in our lives. If you believe it, say amen. Dependence. Dependence means commitment, confidence, complete confidence in the Lord which brings commitment. That's my next point. Let's look down, uh, not only right there at verse number five, but let's go on to verse number six. Verse number six says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So not only do we need, listen to me now, not only do we need complete, complete confidence in the Lord, but we need constant commitment to the Lord. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. What does it mean that we're to acknowledge God in all our ways? Well, let me tell you what I I struggle with. Uh, Sometimes I'll say, God, you can have this part of my life, but you can't have this part over here. Lord, you can have my church life. I'll give you that, but I don't want to give you my social life. Or maybe I say, Lord, you can have my, my church life and my home life and my social life, but I don't want to give you my work life. And what God says, we've got to acknowledge him in all our ways, not some of our ways. 
When we only acknowledge God in some of our ways, then what we do, and this is what God hates, what we do is we put on our, we put Jesus on on Sunday, and then we walk out of this place and live like the world on Monday. And then when Wednesday night rolls around, it's time for Bible study, we'll put Jesus back on and come to church. And then the next morning, what we'll do, we'll take him off, do whatever else we want to do. When we don't acknowledge God in all our ways, he don't have all of us. A.W. Tozer says that if God is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That's pretty powerful. And so what the book of Proverbs is telling us is that we do need to have confidence in the Lord. We need to be committed to the Lord and we need to acknowledge him in all our ways. But look what he says. He says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct their path. But look at verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. That's very important that we see that. Brothers, if you will, please put for me on the screen Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12. Watch this. <clears throat> this is really good. There is a way which seems right unto a man but the end of those ways are of death. So the Bible is saying we've got to acknowledge God in all our ways. We've got to trust him completely. We've got to have confidence in him. And we should not trust what we want, what we think, or what we feel. Now I know that goes completely against what's being taught today. The world's mantra, the world's idea of how we live life is if it feels good do it that you are the center of the universe whatever makes you happy that's what you ought to have and you hear people say things like this well you just got to follow your own heart let me tell you something one of the most dangerous things you can possibly do is follow your own heart matter of fact the bible tells me that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked who can know it we got a sinful nature that we're still trying to die to. And so we've got to be careful about doing what we think or doing what we feel. You may follow your own heart, but if you follow your own heart and it leads you into sin, then you're going to miss out on God's best. You're going to be out of the center of God's will. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't go by feelings. Don't go by your way, but God's way is what he's telling us. He's talking about compliance. See, a lot of times we think we know best and we get ourselves in all kinds of trouble thinking we know best. A few years ago, the Bible promises that God will direct our paths. And a few years ago, let me tell you what happened to me. I, I was asked to come and preach over in New Albany, Mississippi at a men's conference. And um, when the brother called me, he said, we, we're going to have it at Unity Baptist Church over in New Albany. And um, you need to be there at 6 o'clock on this certain date. It was on a Saturday night. And I said, man, that's great. Be praying for me. I'm going to pray for y'all. Can't wait to come and, and be a part of what's going on there. And I was really excited about it, and he was too. And so he said, do you know how to get to the church? I said, well, I've heard of it, and, and um, I think I know the general area. He said, well, let me just go ahead and give you the directions. So he starts giving me the directions over the phone. And even though I was sitting at my desk, I didn't even write them down. Let me tell you why, because I know everything. We, we sometimes have that problem, don't we? I mean, I, I, hey, listen, I've been over in New Albany for the last four years. I went to school over there to, at the Bible Institute. I've been all around, drove all around everything there was around New Albany. I knew everything there was to know about it. I didn't need anybody's direction, even though it was somebody who actually went to that church. 
I mean, I, I knew what I was doing. And so I didn't write any directions down. And the, the, the date came for me to get over to the men's conference. I think it was starting at 6. So I left the house about 4, got over there about 5.15 into New Albany. Turned on the road that I knew the, the church was close to. And I thought, well, surely there'll be a sign down this road somewhere. I'll just turn at the sign. And I rode 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 all the way down that road until I went pretty much as far as I could go. And there were no signs for Unity Baptist Church. And by this time, it was already 545. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? He told me to be there at 6. I don't even know where the church is. How am I ever going to make it? And so I start riding back. Again, maybe I missed the sign. Maybe it's on this side of the road. Maybe I'll see it on my way back. So I rode and I rode and I rode and I rode and I rode a lot faster this time. All the time getting all kind of worked up because here I'm thinking this brother has trusted me to come and be a part of this men's conference to come and speak. And here I am because of my foolish, selfish pride, I've got myself in a mess. I didn't write the directions down, don't know where I'm at. And if you've ever been in the middle of nowhere in New Albany, Mississippi, there are no cell phone service. There wasn't cell phone service out there for nothing, I'm telling you. And I thought, well, maybe I'll find a place where I can call him. So I'm riding down the road looking at my phone, trying to get some bars of service and all of a sudden, I run up on this guy that's mowing his grass. Pulled in there and I said, uh, Sir, I hate to bother you, but I need to get to Unity Baptist Church, and I mean now. I said, Do you know where that is? He said, Of course I know where it is. That's where I attend church. I said, Praise the Lord, man. Get me over there. Can you get me there? He said, Just follow me. He jumped in his truck, got off his lawnmower, and took me to the church. Now, God ultimately showed grace in that situation and got me there on time. But what my point is this, if I'd have only took the directions that was given to begin with, God wouldn't have had to get me out of the mess I was in. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, young people. I've got myself in a whole lot of messes in my life. Simply because I would not listen to the instructions God had given. After all, if God created life, maybe, just maybe, he knows best how to live it. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your past. Don't look to yourself. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that way is destruction. Now listen to me. You've been taught, graduates, for 18 years in a Christian home what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to stand for truth, what it means to live by the standard of the Word of God. Now, I'm going to promise you what's going to happen. It's already happening, but it's going to happen even more so now that you move on to college or you move on to the workforce. Now the world is going to try its best to conform you to, the way it, to its ways of thinking. And it's going to seem right to you sometimes because everybody else thinks that way. Everybody else lives that way, and it's popular. Listen to me. Get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that way is destruction. Anytime anybody's opinion, anybody's mindset, anybody's ideas, anytime that contradicts what God's word says, listen, trust the word of God.
Trust the word of God. Trust it. Believe it. Live it. Preach it. Trust the word of God. There's a lot of things that are popular today, but it's just not right. Just because it's popular, don't make it right. What makes it right is the standard of God's truth. Amen? So, I'm talking about dependence. We've got to be fully dependent upon the Lord. But now let me give you something else. Also, you need to see the Bible promises direction. Direction. He says, he shall direct my path. Now, folks, that's either true or it's not. How many of you believe it's true today? In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. Trust the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall, not might, not maybe, not could, but he shall direct your path. He's going to show you which way you are supposed to go. Now, how does God direct us? Well, there's at least four ways God directs his people. He directs me. He directs you. He directs everybody who's ready to listen. Let me give you those four ways. Number one, it's his word. Sometimes we miss this when it's the most obvious. Sometimes we'll pray and 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 we'll pray for God's will in our lives and all the time God is saying open your Bible open your Bible look to the Word of God you'll find the perfect will of God in the Word of God can you say amen so continually look to the Word of God get in the Word of God amen don't, don't, and don't just do it at church some of the greatest times and I'm not going to say some all of the greatest times I've had with the Lord really haven't happened in church but just me and him I love those times You'll never have that intimate fellowship with the Lord that you desire, that you need, even though you may not even know you need it. You'll never have that until you start getting along with the Lord, not just inside the four walls of a church, but everywhere you are. And I mean everywhere. Man, I pray to God in the shower. Can you say amen? Y'all would not believe how good I can sing in the shower. At least it sounds good to me. <laughs> We all sound better in the shower, right? Now, I sing to the Lord in the shower. Let me tell you what else I'll do. Sometimes I'll sing to him going down the road. Man, we'll just have church going down the road, just me and the Lord. Let me give you a story. I've told some of you this before, but it, it still rings true. I love those times when God just gives you exactly what you need when you need it. And many times that happens through a song. You know, so a lot of times this brother right here, he don't even know it, but he'll, he'll, he'll choose a song that God leads him to, 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 to worship with in, on a Sunday morning. And man, that speaks right to my heart, right when I need it. Songs have a way of doing that. It's powerful, man. It really is. I'm going to be riding down the road, man, and God will give me something on the radio. And boy, I tell you, I just sit there, like I said, and have church, just me and the Lord. Well, this happened to me in my work truck. I was riding down the road, and that song, Feels Like I'm Born Again, came on the, came on the radio. You know what I'm talking about? That song by Mac Powell, the lead singer of Third Day. Now, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God just fell in that truck, and we had church. And I started singing to the Lord, man, just praising God. And after the song was over, my partner was sitting over beside me. I looked over, and he's looking at me funny. Got a funny look on his face. He didn't say nothing for a long time. And all of a sudden he looked at me and he said, let me ask you something. Who sings that song? And I said, Mac Powell of Third Day. I said, man, I love Mac Powell. That's one of my favorite singers. He, he sung for Third Day for a long time. He's actually now uh, on his own and doing well. And I thought he just wanted to know about Mac Powell. He said, well, let Mac Powell sing that song then. <laughs> See, I sound better in the shower than I do in the truck. But d don't let that bother you. Just keep singing. Hey, keep fellowshipping with the Lord. That makes all the difference. When, when you begin to do this, God promises to direct you. To direct you in the right way. Now, he'll do it through his word. 
like you'll do it through his words. Take time to spend time in the word of God. Let me give you some things we know are God's will according to the word of God. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to, uh, but um, if you choose to, you can. Second Peter chapter 3, and I want to I give you verse number 9. I, this is going to help some of you. This is going to bless you. So, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But watch this. But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What's the Bible saying right there? It's God's will that nobody dies and goes to hell or perishes. Let me say that one more time, in case you didn't hear me. It's, it's not God's will that anybody dies and goes to hell. That's what that's saying. Now, I know there's a lot of people saying that some are predestined to heaven and some are predestined to hell. I don't believe that because 2 Peter 3 and 9 says it's not God's will that any should perish. Now, don't get mad at me if you're a Calvinist brother this morning. I'm a three-point Calvinist. We can talk about that later. So don't get mad at me, but I'm just telling you. It says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life for a reason. It says it's not God's will that any should perish in 2 Peter 3 and 9 for a reason. It says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10, 13, for a reason. Praise God. Anybody who wants to be saved can be saved. Why? Because of grace. Because of mercy. Made real to us because of love. That's why. So it's God's will that we be saved according to the word of God. If you believe it, say amen. Have you been saved? Do you know you've been born again? I'm not asking if you're a good person. I'm not asking if you've been baptized. I'm not asking if you've joined a church. I'm asking, do you know Jesus, brothers and sisters? Do you know him on a personal basis? Has he made a difference in your heart and life? Has there been a time in your heart, listen, in your life, when the Holy Spirit convicted you and showed you how much you needed a Savior, and you fell down hopelessly and helplessly at the foot of the cross and said, Lord, I need you. Has that been you? Do you know God's made a difference on the inside that is making a difference on the outside? It's God's will that you be saved. Let me tell you something else. It's God's will that you be filled with the Spirit if you are saved. Ephesians 5.18, put it on the screen for me, please. Ephesians 5.18 said that we should not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but we should be filled with the Spirit. What's he saying? Don't be controlled by the substance of wine. Don't be drunk with it, but instead be controlled by the Holy Spirit himself. Be filled with him. Amen? <laughs> he wants us living spirit-filled lives because spirit-filled living makes a difference not only in your life but everybody around you. Filled with the Spirit by the power of God makes you a better husband, makes you a better father, makes you the father that God's called you to be and saved you to be, makes you the better mother that God's called you to be and saved you to be, makes you a better husband, better wife, makes you a better preacher, makes you a better Sunday school teacher, makes you a better employee, employer. It changes everything when you walk around full of the Spirit. The Bible says all we got to do is ask Him for it. Do you know that? It's God's good pleasure to give to his children what they need. You know what he says? If you want the Holy Spirit, ask, and God your Father will give it to you. He says, us as fleshly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children. I mean, if our kids come and ask us for a piece of bread, are we going to give them a stone? Or if they ask for some fish to eat, are we going to give them a snake? 
No, of course not. We're going to give them what they want. We're going to give them what they need. He said, how much more does your heavenly father know, what, know, know the needs you have before you even ask him? So if you want to be filled with the spirit, controlled by the spirit, so that it's bubbling forth from you, making a difference in everybody's life around you. If you want that, you can have it. Ask him. Lord, fill me up today. Help me to be the father that you want me to be, the husband you want me to be. Lord, help me when I go into this workplace that when I go in there, they see Jesus in me. Fill me up, Lord, and pour me out in the lives of your people. If you'll pray it, he'll do it. I promise you, he'll do it. It's God's will that you be filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you something else. It's God's will that you be sanctified. Sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified, anybody? Set apart. To be sanctified is to be set apart for the purpose of God. To be set apart, not for what we want, but for what God wants. To be set apart so that He might be glorified in all we are and all we do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says it plainly, verse number 3. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse number 3, watch this. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Do you see that? It's God's will that we be sanctified, set apart. For God's purposes. So God's will is that you be saved. God's will is that you be spirit filled. God's will is that you be, listen to me now, sanctified, set apart for the purposes of God. According to God's word. You find God's will in God's word. Amen? Let me give you another way God speaks to you. Not only through your word, through the word, but through prayer. You know the Bible tells us a lot of things we should do and a lot of things we shouldn't do. But it don't tell us everything. I mean there's not a scripture in verse for the woman I'm supposed to marry. Right? There's not a scripture and verse where I'm supposed to go to school. There's not a scripture and verse for uh, where I'm supposed to pastor a church. There's not a scripture and verse for a lot of those decisions that we've got to make in our lives. So what we do is we pray unto the Lord. You'll find in Acts chapter number 1, if you go back and read, that the early uh, disciples, the first disciples after Jesus had ascended back to the Father, they needed a replacement for Judas. And so what they did was they began to pray. They prayed. They talked to the Lord, and then guess what they did? They listened, because prayer is a two-way street. Can you say amen? They knew if they prayed and then they listened, that God would give them their answer, and he did, and they replaced Judas as one of the early disciples. God speaks to his children. If you believe it, say amen this morning. You remember in Acts, uh, when, when Philip was called out into the, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Philip was called out into the middle of the desert in Gaza, the Bible says. When he got out there, there was an Ethiopian reading the Bible in the chariot. And what did the Bible say? The Bible says that the Spirit of God spoke to Philip and said, Go to the chariot and tell him about what he's reading. God the Holy Spirit spoke his will to God's man. God the Holy Spirit spoke his will to God's man. And he does the same thing for us. But I'll give you, let me give you a litmus test. God will never tell you to do what contradicts his word. He's never going to do that. Had a man tell me one time, he looked at me straight in the eye and he said, Pastor, I think the Lord's told me to shoot you. I said, Brother, let's pray about this. <laughs> That's a true story. First of all, I know God didn't tell you to shoot me because God's word says, Thou shalt not kill. God is never going to tell you to do something that contradicts his word. I had a man come to me one time and said, Pastor, 
I'm really struggling. He said, I, I met this lady at work, and I think the Lord's telling me to divorce my wife and go after this lady, even though she's married. I said, let me tell you something. We need to pray about this, because God didn't tell you that. God didn't tell you that. God's for marriage. And we went through that whole thing. What I'm saying is, you've got you've to make sure that whatever you think you've heard from the Lord does not contradict His Word. Amen? But he does speak to us through prayer. Let me tell you something. Another reason, another reason he speaks, or another way he speaks, is through giving us wisdom. Look, look at this. James chapter number 1 and verse number 5. I love this verse. James 1, verse 5. Watch this promise. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, what, he, what the Bible is saying is, God's promising... If you need some wisdom in a certain situation, a certain area in your life, ask for it. And the God, God promises, I'll give it to you all you need. I'm not going to hold anything back. I ain't going to braid nothing. I'm going to give it all to you. Praise the Lord. What is wisdom? Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is what? That's good. Come, right, come up here. Come up here right here. Understanding how to use what you know to make God honoring our good choices. That's good, isn't it? God gives us wisdom. Wisdom. So that we can make God honoring and good choices. It's spiritual common sense, people. Amen? And God leads us in wisdom. The, that, the, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Man, spend some time in that. You know, what, you know what amazes me? Solomon is called the richest man that ever lived. And, but when he prayed, he didn't pray for riches. You know what he prayed for? Wisdom. You know what he got? <laughs> oh, gosh. He got all kind of riches. Now, I'm not saying riches are the most important thing. I'm just saying blessing comes through wisdom. Are you getting me? Now, let me give you another one. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through prayer. God speaks to us because he gives us wisdom, through wisdom. Let me give you the last one, providence. Providence. I think God speaks to me in this way about as much as anything else. Do you know that God closes doors and opens doors? And, and I really think this is something that's God's will, man, and I, I'm really going after it, and God closes that door. Or he opens another door. And a lot of times, I think it's like the, the rat in a maze. <laughs> you know? You'll come to a certain place and that's walled off and you can't go this way. So you go over here and you can't, that's walled off and you can't go that way. And I think sometimes God does us the same way. He really does. He'll close doors here and open doors over here to put us right where we need to be. It's amazing. And... His letters to the church in the book of Revelation, that actually says that, that he sets before his church an open door. Sometimes he opens the door and sometimes he closes the door. Let me give you, for instance, about three years ago, we had it planned to go to, four years ago now, we had it planned to go to Nicaragua on a mission trip. And uh, I went down in, I guess, about February to meet with pastors down there and to plan out what we would be doing when we got there. We was going to do a medical mission trip and um, I already had all that planned out. 
And everything was just working fantastic. I thought, man, this is really God's will because everything is falling right into place. We get down there to the church and we're planning on coming for a medical mission trip. And when I get there, they had a mobile hospital sitting outside the church that hadn't even been used in about five years. And the pastor was fired up because we was going to have some nurses come down um, and do this medical mission trip and finally get to use this uh, mobile hospital. It was amazing. So I thought for sure, man, this is God's will. Man, we was, we was raising money and getting stuff together to get down there. And, and right at the last minute, they had a revolution in Nicaragua. I mean, a full-blown revolution. They tried to overthrow their government. So nobody could come in or go out of Nicaragua. And that just shut all that down. And we thought, well, Lord, what are we going to do now? You know, we've already planned all this. And so then we get, we get a call from, uh, from Brother Sean, the missionary that we go with, with Hope Missions. And he tells us about a mission trip to Cuba that he's been planning. And so we started praying about it. And we thought, well, you know what? If we can't go to Nicaragua and we're already planning on going, let's go to Cuba. And we get down to Cuba. And I'm telling you something. We met some of the most God-fearing, spirit-filled people you've ever met in your life. We saw the church in action in a fantastic way. And just to make a long story short... Before all that was said and done, we were able through the ministry in this church and through some very um, generous individuals, we were able to actually start a church in Cuba with the people that we were working with. You know what I believe? I believe God closed one door and opened another one. He providentially puts us in the right place at the right time. So remember, dependence, direction. Let me give you the last one, destination. Destination. The Bible says he shall direct your path. If you'll acknowledge him in all your ways, if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, he shall, shall, not might, not may, but shall, direct your path. That word direct your path in the Hebrew is the word asher. Let me tell you what that means. That means to clear a path. What that means is God's going to take his bulldozer and clear out a path that he wants you to go when you trust in him. When you lean not unto your own understanding. When you acknowledge him in all your ways. He'll put you right where you need to be because he'll clear the, clear the path. Amen? Remember that. Do you believe the word of God? Let's live like we believe it. Let's act like God's telling the truth. Let's trust in the Lord and what He wants. Everybody stand together. Brother, we're not going to have a song of invitation this morning. But I do want to pray for you. And we'll be dismissed. When we leave here, we're going to go over to the fellowship hall and celebrate these two seniors that's just graduated. So uh, you can either go out the side door, or you can go around the front, whichever is best for you. But stay with us. You, you, if you didn't come prepared to stay, believe me, we got plenty of food. Our ladies do a fantastic job. Um, so come over and be a part of that before you go. We want to get to know you. We want to fellowship with you a little bit. And that's one way that we do it here, by breaking bread together. I love doing that. So um, come straight from over here over to the fellowship hall. Remember to pray for these two young people that are uh, uh, just finish this milestone in their life, moving on to something else. So pray for them that God's will would be done in everything they do, okay? Remember, folks, 
to pray for me as well. Me and Brandy, um, this week, our oldest daughter, Anna Kate, is leaving for basic. She was supposed to leave two weeks ago and didn't get to. Um, again, God closes some doors and then opens others. I believe that. That's what I've been praying for, that God puts her where she needs to be, when she needs to be there, and I believe he's done just that. And so we're asking that you pray for her and pray for us. She'll be leaving um, Wednesday morning, going down to uh, South Carolina, or up to South Carolina, whatever, however you want to look at it. Everything's down to me, but um, that's where she's going anyway. So pray for her, all right? Pray for us. If there's nothing else, Kyle, dismiss us, brother.